The Reds are building to contend in the next few years, beginning with the starting rotation that will include guys like Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft. We saw just how close Hunter Green is on Monday, but uh, we need to see more from Graham Ashcraft. The Reds will need to be careful, too, with the workload of these young starters this year, but we've got that figured out for them on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker, who will be along here in a few minutes. Uh, We've been podcasting about the Reds for over three years now, and we are quite nuts, really addicted to the Cincinnati Reds and Reds baseball as a whole. Locked on Reds is part of the podcast network called the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Thanks for making us your first listen. I uh, On today's podcast, I'm going to tell you why Graham Ashcraft and Hunter Green are on very different levels when it comes to how close they are to the majors. Steve also has an idea for how the Reds can manage all of the young arms this year and keep them healthy. And then Nick Castellanos and Wade Miley weigh in on the Reds and how they like to do things. And um, no one's surprised. But first, let's look at a few young guns who are vying for rotation spots, and that is Graham Ashcraft and Hunter Green. Ashcraft actually started yesterday, but I'm going to start with Hunter Green because Hunter Green was phenomenal, reportedly touching over 100 miles an hour on the gun. He even had a great swing and miss on a 101-mile-an-hour fastball that the Pitching Ninja retweeted. I'm guessing Pitching Ninja is going to be all over Hunter Green's starts this year because he's going to have a lot of great stuff. He was phenomenal, though, in the one inning that he pitched on Monday afternoon against the Cubs. Now, you might be wondering, what was the score of that game? It was 3-2. to two. If you are wondering that, you're in the minority. Spring training results really don't matter so much. It's about how the games unfolded. It's about how the players played and how Hunter Green pitched was phenomenal. His mechanics, beautiful, repeatable, absolutely stunning stuff. We're talking about a delivery that he's kind of revamped. Ever since coming back from Tommy John's surgery, it is now more mechanically sound. There's been a lot of people who have weighed in on this and said that Hunter Green has really remade his mechanics to the kind of thing that's going to keep him healthy and keep him a consistently good pitcher throughout his career. That's not something that I'm worried about when I see that, and he had that on display yesterday, looking phenomenal in a very short but a very productive inning for Hunter Green. It was kind of funny, too, because he didn't really allow a base runner. It was really an error because it was a pop fly that Colin Moran should have caught at second base, but he lost it in the sun, so... Yeah, just didn't quite work out for him there. Otherwise, he would have kept the base paths clean. And I I think that it's kind of 
a given. I don't know. I, I, maybe there's a little bit of a competition going on. Revar San Martin did pitch as well and looked all right, too. But I think the fifth rotation spot is Hunter Green's to lose, at least out of opening day. Going to expound on that a little bit in our next segment with Steve, as Steve kind of has a good idea for how to manage these guys. When you look back on Vladimir Gutierrez last season and how the month of September came about, and he was really tired and fatigue was setting in and he was just not as effective whenever he took the mound. So we've got to kind of work around that. If you're the Reds, we have an idea for you as well. But when I talk about Hunter Green, I think he's got to be in this rotation on opening day. He's probably the fifth guy, especially after the Reds made the trade for Mike Miner because Mike Miner probably slots into the fourth spot. And then your top three are Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, which we can, and it's for another episode, but we can debate as to who should be the number one guy. I tend to believe it's Luis Castillo myself, but Tyler Malley has the talent to really make an argument there. And then, of course, Goody, Vladimir Gutierrez at the three spot in the rotation. So with Mike Miner being there, it gives the Reds some flexibility, which is something that we will talk a lot about here in the next segment. But Hunter Green, I believe, should be the number five starter. I I don't necessarily know that I had to see him pitch to know that. I think that he absolutely is on the list for National League Rookie of the Year candidates for a reason. Everybody believes this dude should be in the major leagues starting on opening day. Looking at the guy who started, though, Graham Ashcraft. We've talked a lot about him this offseason because he had a meteoric rise through Reds prospect ranks last year. And a lot of that had to do with the presence of Kyle Bodie, with the work that he has done with driveline professionals and trying to kind of improve his own game and, and, and revamp everything that he's got. It's interesting to note because I'll admit this was the first time that I got to see Ashcraft pitch in person and being that it's a spring training game, probably not the best of places to watch it, but whatever. He pitches completely out of the stretch. He does not have a windup. I find that a little bit odd for a starter. In fact, that in and of itself, and, and that's nothing that really tells you how good a pitcher is going to be, but just that one detail makes me wonder if he's better suited for the bullpen. However, if the Reds are going to make good in 2024, like we think they're trying to build for, uh, he's got to be in the rotation. So he's a big part of the rotation of the future, but seeing him pitch today makes me think he needs some work in AAA to begin the season and nail down his command. It was actually something that Carlos Guevara call, talked out, called out, how about I say the right words, called out on Twitter that he was all over the place. He didn't really hit any spots. And even in the first inning when he pitched a clean inning, it was still a lot of, all right, there's a fastball here, there's a fastball here, fastball here, fastball here, and a lot of it were fastballs. We weren't talking about a whole lot of secondary stuff. So I think that, you know, part of this is him just getting ready for the year, but the other part is, can he be effectively wild? And how much are we going to trust that kind of a mantra in a rotation that may include a couple of guys who are effectively wild? That It's going to be interesting to see how he can develop that, but that early on has got to be a big focus for the Reds and specifically developing 
Graham Ashcraft. So I look at it this way. Green should be in the rotation on opening day. And let's hold off on Graham Ashcraft for now because I wouldn't bet on Graham Ashcraft making uh, this opening day roster. Well, Jeff, I can tell you that a safe bet is that the Reds rotation is going to have a lot of talent in it. And if you want to learn about some other safe bets, head over to betonline.net. Betonline.net has you covered with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores and news this season. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops. Uh, March Madness well underway. Get over there. Place those bets right now. They've also got the NHL. They've got boxing. They've got UFC. And they have Major League Baseball. Along with live, real-time updates on the current games as they happen. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the new and amazing offers available to you in the 2022 season. Head over to betonline.net. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Make sure you give Locked On MLB Prospects podcast a listen after today's show. Lindsey Crosby is a minor league encyclopedia and will keep you up to date on the up and coming players as well as some college baseball talk as well. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast is free and available just like Locked On Reds on all platforms. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with one, two, three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Uh, don't forget to head over to YouTube and click that subscribe button. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, you missed a special bonus episode last week that was only available in the video feed. So go click that subscribe button so that never happens again. Uh, Jeff, I have been teasing it. All week long, all through the weekend, I have a plan for the red starting rotation. And given uh, the need, I think, to protect the young arms of Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, but still not wanting them to languish in AAA, I've come up with a scenario which I think is the best of both worlds. Uh, clearly, if we're looking at the rotation with the pitchers that we have right now, it's very easy to see uh, the front two being Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley. Uh, that's that's a given, one and two. Uh, I think when we look at the number three starter, uh, I give it to Vladimir Gutierrez just because he's been here. Uh, and I think he's earned the right to slot into that rotation at that point, and we'll see what he does. We reached the number four spot in the rotation, and prior to last week's transactions, I had a little bit different version of this plan, but the Reds went out and traded Amir Garrett to Kansas City and brought a starting pitcher back in return. So uh, because they brought Miner over here and are paying him $7.5 million in increased payroll, uh, he's going to pitch and he's going to start. He's going to be in this rotation. So let's slot him into that number four spot. That leaves us a number five spot in the starting rotation, and we're talking about is it going to go to Hunter Green? Is it going to go to Nick Lodolo? Uh, could Reaver San Martin factor into the equation? Well, I propose that all three of them be the fifth starter. And the way that I would like to see this going is I would like for Hunter Green to start the season out of camp as the fifth starter. I'd like him to come up and make two or three starts. And then I'd like them to swap him out for Nick Lodolo. And I'd like Nick Lodolo to come up and make two or three starts. And then I'd like them to swap him out for Reaver San Martin. And I'd like them to rinse and repeat this scenario through the season. Basically, if you're looking at two starting pitchers in the four and the five spot, you would be looking at about 30 starts for each of them in a completely healthy season. 
By doing this, you take those 60 starts and you divide them amongst three pitchers when you allow for injuries and, and extra innings and things like that. Basically, each of those arms would get between 100 and 150 major league innings on them in the 2022 season. It would get everybody the experience they need while also not exhausting their arms. And I'll try and say this with a straight face. Since the Reds are competing for a playoff spot in 2022, as Nick Crawl has told us, we want them to have a few innings left on those arms for the inevitable postseason run. Uh, with this formula, we talked about on our last episode, the next man up philosophy, Jeff, and this gives you your next man up already. If somebody else needs to skip a turn in the rotation, you've got two other starters that are ready to go, that are major league ready, that can slot right in. And it works with the major league baseball rules for calling guys up and sending them down. Uh, I think it, it solves all of the problems and it just has to involve the Reds being a little bit creative in how they get these guys their innings. I do like the idea. And by the way, I give the Oscar for uh, saying all of that with a straight face when it comes to the playoff uh, aspirations. No, I, I like the plan, though. I, I think that one of the reasons that the Brewers were so good last year is because they could rotate guys like Brent Suter and Eric Lauer into the rotation when they needed them to kind of give some guys a little bit of rest and they dealt with injury issues with Freddie Peralta and things like that. I think that bringing over Mike Miner initially had me reacting of, oh my gosh, here we go again, service time issues. But I think you're right. I think it really creates more flexibility with the starting rotation. We saw what happened with Goody last year. He pitched fine. It was just once September came, fatigue set in. And he wasn't dead arm. It was kind of like dead arm, but it, it was just like well, he, he was tired. He was yeah. simply tired. So you want to limit that, especially with Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, who profile to be better pitchers than Gutierrez over the course of their careers. So I, I, I like this idea. What do you think happens in the meantime? So like when they're not in the starting rotation, what's the plan for them there? So I've given some thought to that. And what I don't want is for them to go down to Louisville and continue to just keep throwing. It defeats the purpose. So I think what you do is you maybe get them in a game or two, uh, not as a quote unquote starter, but you get them a little bit of continued looks at hitters and what would be in between throwing days anyway. So you're not adding any extra wear and tear. You're not adding any extra pitches thrown, mm -hmm. but you're continuing to just keep them sharp. And as they shuffle in and out, they'll be well rested. Uh, but I know I would not send them down and start them in a normal triple A rotation because it defeats the purpose and it exposes them unnecessarily to injury. Uh, but with this plan, everybody He's talked about the Reds playing service time games and I am not advocating for that but if you're if you're truly doing this because you have a concern about putting these young guys out there and putting 175 200 major league innings on their arms when they haven't they have yet either of them to pitch a full season in the minor leagues. I think that this is the compromise where you can have the best available talent in Cincinnati while still protecting them for the long term of their career. I think that's the key is these guys have crazy potential. And we're talking about a profile that over the course of their contract with the Reds, however long that might be and however long they might actually be in Cincinnati, that's a different discussion for a different day. But they are going to be effective. That is the expectation. We're talking about a Cy Young contender. At least that's the expectation for Hunter Green. And we're talking about a middle of the rotation with top of the rotation upside for Nick Lodolo. We're not talking about some dudes that we're hoping. I mean, 
let's be honest. Reaver San Martin kind of came out of nowhere at the end of last season to make a few starts. I'm not really expecting him to go crazy, but I do want to see more out of him. But Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo absolutely have to be treated with kid gloves here. And plus, you're also talking about a couple other guys who you could slot in there based on their early season development. And that's Graham Ashcraft and uh, Brandon Williamson. And, and we talked a little bit about Graham Ashcraft, or at least I talked a little bit about Graham Ashcraft in the first segment because uh, he got the chance to pitch on Monday. But when I look at this entire the staff of the future, these are the guys that are going to be the key. So you want to treat them with not necessarily kid gloves, but you want to be careful. You really do. And I think that this is a solid plan to be careful. And it, it, what it does, Jeff, is it brings together what is potentially the 2024 rotation mm-hmm. that we keep talking about 2024. <laughs> it gets all of these guys, major league experience, major league exposure, learning how to be a pitcher at the major league level. And it all continues to domino. Uh, they go through 2022 with caution. You get them to 2023. They get their first full seasons on their arms. And then by 2024, we've got a very good core in place uh that there's a lot to be excited about yeah i agree and i think that um we we should just start making t-shirts like you know waiting for 2024 i I don't know anyway (laughs) looking for a healthy snack for all of the ncaa tournament basketball games going on and your spring training baseball games that you may be watching look no further than built bar built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar but maybe even better than that. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your diet and keep healthy because after all, you're still holding on to that resolution, right? Maybe. I don't know. But hey, it tastes good and you'll want it. Unlike a lot of things that fit into a diet, it's actually tasty. Got a great mouthfeel to it. This is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's a built bar, so it's better than both of those combined because it is both of those combined, covered with 100% real chocolate. Built bar also has amazing statistics, like an average of 130 calories, less than four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs, and up to 17, sometimes 18 grams of protein. Plus, Something that you have got to try, if you haven't already done so, check out the Puffs. I highly recommend them. You can get a mixed Puff box right now at Built.com that includes churro puff, banana cream puff, and uh, coconut marshmallow. Absolutely amazing flavors you're not going to want to miss. That's at Built.com. Plus, you'll save a little money on them too. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll save 15% off of your next order. They've also got other amazing flavors like Cherry Barcia, Coconut Brownie Chunk, Salted Caramel, and they're always rolling around limited-time flavors too. Check them out at Built.com and use that promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order because Built Bar is going to help you lose weight. It's going to help you be healthier, and you're not even going to know it. Because Built Bar is amazing. Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Check it out today and make sure you are subscribed. All right. To close out today's episode, I want to talk about some comments that were made yesterday by two former Reds. Now former Reds. They're barely former Reds, if you really want to call them that. Wade Miley and Nick Castellanos. 
Wade Miley was talked to by Bobby Nightingale yesterday as the Reds were in Mesa to take on the Cubs for some Cactus League action, and he got some quotes for Miley, and, and a lot. It was a great interview. You should check it out in the Inquirer as Bobby got a, a great interview with Wade Miley. But one of the things that he said has got Reds country not up in arms, but, you know, kind of has everybody thinking. Miley said this, it's a little bit of a pattern there ever since they had that core group in 13 or 14. After those guys left, it's they kind of try, then they stop, and then they kind of try again, and then they stop. Well, apologies to Wade Miley, apologies to the Hulk, you know, we don't want to get him angry, but I don't even know that it's 13 or 14. We can go back a long time, and this feels like what the Reds have always done. This is feeling like something that, as long as I've been a Reds fan, it's like, let's try for one or two years, and then we'll disappear for like four or five. 1999 and 2000 being the you know first examples I can think of as a fan. Because that was really when I was getting into baseball. But, you know, they were so close in 99. Stupid Al Leiter. And then the 2000 team wasn't terrible. But then everything kind of got just derailed. And then they sort of tried there in the middle 2000s by signing Eric Milton. Okay. Hindsight's 2020. That's not trying. But that's what they thought they were doing back then. Didn't work out. Then they finally get to 2009, 2010, and they start going for it again, and they get a division title. They just don't get a playoff series win. And then they get a division title in 2012, and they don't get a playoff series win. And it felt like both of those teams had marked flaws that the Reds really didn't fix. And then 2013 comes along. They could probably contend, maybe, but they don't help them. They don't help the roster. The players play hard. They do well. They make the wild card. But they don't help them. And they fall. And 2014 and 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 happen. And oh, hey, we're going to try again. Look, Wade Miley hasn't told us anything we don't already know. And then Castellanos also spoke up. In fact, this was an interview. And this was on uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. I was kind of hoping I could get the audio, but not something I can use on today's episode. But anyway, this was what he said on John Middleton's comments that he would go over the luxury tax for the right player and that Castellanos was the right player. I mean, heck, that's pretty awesome. I'd sign if somebody told me that. Anyway, Nick Castellanos said, baseball comes down to ownership. The owner either invests and cares about winning or doesn't. Philadelphia should be pumped that an owner like that is behind the Phillies. Kind of think uh, that was comparing two specific owners, although he didn't mention any names. Because while Nick Castellanos is a very poignant and blunt dude, he's not rude. At least depending on who you ask. But I don't think he's rude at all. And he doesn't name names. It's pretty obvious that the other name is Bob Castellini, though. Because there were reports there at the end that the Reds were in on him. I still think that was a ploy. I think that was, you know, Scott Boris trying to play the Phillies up and try and get a little bit more money, maybe another year or two in the contract out of it. Maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. I'm not really sure. But at the end of the day, it worked out for Castellanos and it worked out for the Phillies. Again, this is something that we already know. 
And I understand that you're probably thinking, well, Jeff, it almost sounds like you're making apologies for this ownership group. And please don't go there. I am not making apologies for an ownership group that decides when and where it wants to spend to compete and when and where it decides that, yeah, we're just going to let everything figure itself out. Don't get me wrong. I understand the injury to Jose Barrero necessitates a kind of move. Brandon Drury is not that move. Bringing Brandon Drury in on a non-roster invitee, minor league deal, invite to spring training type thing, just screams what the Reds have always done. We are going to plug holes with guys who might work, probably won't, but maybe they can catch lightning in a bottle. That's like half this roster right now. Can they catch lightning in a bottle or not? And more often than not, you don't do that because I don't know if you know, lightning's kind of hard to catch. And I don't necessarily think that this Reds roster is built to do that. So when you hear people telling you that the Reds are going to compete for a playoff spot, I hope you understand that's not what's happening this year. And look, I will eat the biggest crow in the world. I will fight milk, man, if you love Sunny in Philadelphia. I'll drink a bottle of fight milk if the Reds make the playoffs, but they're not making the playoffs in 2022. This team is worse than it was last year by a large margin. And if anything, they're building for 2024. In fact, if Nick Craw were just to come out and say that, I'd be happy. Be honest with us. We as baseball fans have never been more informed in the entire history of this really old game. And yet we still have people that are trying to feed us lies. And, and, and maybe it's not a out-and-out out lie. Maybe he's trying to just sugarcoat something, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. This Reds team is not competing. I mean, look, they're going to play hard. The players are going to compete for a playoff spot, but they were not set up. They were not built for the playoffs in 2022. I'm looking forward to a lot of different storylines when it comes to players on this team and how this team is going to build for a successful future. And I still believe Nick Crawl when he says they want to eliminate the peaks and valleys. The problem with that is they've kind of sent themselves into a valley for the time being. So now they got to climb back up and hopefully find that plateau of competition that Nick Crawl is foreseeing in the future. Probably not talking about that until at least 2024, though, unless they want to go out and spend some free agent money next year and make some big trades that bring in big contracts. That's just how I'm seeing it right now. But hey, there's a lot more where this comes from, and, and there's so many storylines when it comes to players on this team, when it comes to comeback stories, when it comes to guys who are building for the future, like we kind of talked about in the first segment with Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft. You're also going to see a lot about Nick Lodolo, and I kind of want to talk about Revar Samartin because he interests me. Lefty pitchers just really kind of get me interested. And when it comes to Brandon Williamson and guys like that, we should see these guys at multiple points throughout this season. This is why I wish the Reds would not have gone out and made that deal for Mike Miner because I believe they have enough young pitchers to kind of keep rotating them through and not forcing them to pitch an entire year. But hey, whatever. Miner gives them a little bit more flexibility so that they don't have to do that for two rotation spots. And who knows? Maybe they get something out of Tony Santion in the starting rotation. Still believe the best is in the bullpen. All right. 
that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Going solo for most of it, kind of like the old days. Steve's out traveling. He'll be back tomorrow. And when he's back tomorrow, we're going to talk about the biggest reason that the wool may have been pulled over Reds fans' eyes because we talked about how it might seem obvious what Castellanos and Miley said. If it's not obvious to do, you're not going to want to miss tomorrow's episode because we got a lot to talk about. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Now make Locked On MLB your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It might be spring training, and opening day is still a little ways away. But you can trust that we will be locked on Reds every single day.